focus. Focus. The tide is coming in. But we've just begun our picnic. We aren't done with our game. Collect your beach blankets and playthings while you can. For the tide waits. For no man. Alright, welcome to our week five review, week six preview. This is Processing College Football. College football podcast designed to educate and entertain. We have Mark coming to us from the hilly region right there in the center of New Jersey. Our college football Sherpa. And I am Jason, college football Western tourist, let's just say. Every week we process the highlights of college football uh, and the world around it, and I make Mark basically explain everything I don't understand, uh, which is a substantial bit of information. But anyway, uh, let's check in. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great, Jason. Are you ready to sherp? Is that the the correct phrase, actually? Yes, I'm ready to sherp, man. Are you ready to Western tour? Uh, yeah, let's Western tour right here. Starting at the top, let's define a term. Now, this seems obvious, I know, uh, but I actually want you to define what timeouts are. Now, <laughs> let me be more specific than that. So basically, over the weekend during the Clemson game, I think, a ref said, uh, like Clemson, I think, took a timeout, and the ref said, this will be a 30-second timeout. So yeah. I guess uh, my question is, are timeouts different lengths? Uh, does the ref just basically get to say, oh, you have 27 seconds or you have a minute and a half? But this is <laughs> this a, is a one second one. timeout. I'm not real Andrew pleased done. with the way you guys are behaving. So you have 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I assume that they're specifying that uh, maybe for people in the stadium to differentiate between like commercial breaks or something. I don't know. Uh, but if you can. I, I don't know, uh, sherp us through this one. That would be helpful. Yeah, I can definitely sherp you through it. Yeah, so there are different uh, links for timeouts. Now, the way that timeouts work is if you want to stop play for a little while and converse with your team, which is essentially what a timeout mm-hmm. is, then uh, you can you have three timeouts per half. Sure. Two, two of those three timeouts, uh, or all three of them are basically 30 seconds long. But you can mm-hmm. the coach when they call a timeout can designate one for being a full minute long, uh, and so the ref will say this is a thirty second timeout, or sometimes they might say this is a full timeout. Okay. Now, so th- that's the basic differentiation. Now, when games are on television uh, and there's media timeouts and things like that, then things get a little bit different because you can call either a thirty second or a full timeout. Um, or call a timeout, and it get extended because of commercials. So if your timeout runs into a commercial break, then that timeout will go uh, until the commercial break is over, and you will actually, I think, not be charged your full timeout for that. Um, and so that's kind of how the timeout thing works, and that's why the ref is telling you it's 30 seconds. Is he's letting you, uh, the audience, uh, or letting the team, the audience, as uh, the other team, and uh, maybe also the media folks know, hey, stick around. It's uh, we're gonna we're gonna be playing uh, pretty quickly here. They don't necessarily have to use the full minute. They can just be like, I, I just want to take a timeout, and like they'll just have three thirty second ones. Or if you use two thirty second ones, they're like, you're gonna have to take a minute. I, I don't. You you don't have to take the thirty seconds. Um, you know, it's okay. just that's the designated time. Now the minute is 
Yeah, so you don't have to take – you can just call a timeout, yell at your team real quick. Hey, guys, stop being terrible. And then they go back on the sure. field and ready to go. As long yeah, as – Scott Frost did a lot as, of that, I feel like. <laughs> he also, yeah, Scott, in the middle of the Scott game, Frost. asked them, if any of you want to leave, now is the yeah, time. Hey, guys, say timeout, ref, real quick. Anybody who's on the field, do you want to leave right now? You can go. <laughs> but the as long as the other team is also ready, uh-huh. uh, then, yeah, you don't have to take the full – a lot of time. That, that begs a question. So let's say I'm Clemson and you're Syracuse, and uh, I take my 30-second timeout, right? And I'm done in 20 seconds, and I get my people back on the field. You still have the other 10 seconds left? Or do because I called the timeout, do I basically get to dictate how long it is? Uh, it, as far as I have read it and know of it, it's you, can, you don't have to take the full timeout. And play can start sooner if the the ref discerns readiness from the other team as well uh, um, okay so so you can't use it to trick them basically like call a timeout they run all, <laughs> all over the sideline and then you send all your players back to the field and snap the ball you can't do yeah that. yeah i don't think so uh <laughs> the ref's gonna stand over the ball and i don't know maybe if you tried to do that or something maybe they'd even throw an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty or something at you be funny i don't know i'm sure north texas will try it at some point so we just have maybe to that's how, maybe that's how they beat Arkansas. All right. So uh, if you have questions you want us to answer or topics you want us to discuss or terms you want us to define, send them in. You can tweet us at processing CFB or email us processing college football at gmail.com. So this this was a big weekend. Uh, we had a lot going on. We had Boston College. They continued their reversion to the mean. Um, Syracuse injures another one of Clemson's quarterbacks. UCLA, Nebraska continue their slow march towards, I don't know, death, I guess. Uh, and Kentucky uh, continues to make us suspicious that maybe they arrive from some parallel dimension. But we have a number of games to review here at the top. So let's start with the Stanford Notre Dame game. So this was Stanford playing at Notre Dame. Notre Dame was expected to win by about five points. Instead, they win by 21. It was 38-17, Notre Dame. So a few significant things in this game. Bryce Love seems to have re- like re-injured his ankle, I guess, in this game, and he's taken out. So 2018 has not really been a great year for him, uh, and I really hate to see that. But he's all but fallen out of the Heisman discussion uh, for this early part of the season, along with like Khalil Tate. So that's disappointing, but uh, hopefully he gets better soon and starts putting up some crazy numbers. Um, I also think this was the first game that Notre Dame uh, started Ian Book over Brandon Wimbush, and probably Brian Kelly was really happy about how he did. Uh, He threw uh, 24 for 33, uh, for 278 yards and maybe what might be the last tricky game Notre Dame has on their schedule uh, between now and whatever postseason they're going to have. Um, so that gives Ian Book a lot of time to kind of develop. But Notre Dame did run away with this one. Did you watch any of this? I wasn't able to watch it, but it went about like I thought. I think if Bryce Love had been healthier, it maybe would have been closer. But uh, I do think playing at Notre Dame and – um, the switch in quarterback really helped Notre Dame, and that, that's kind of the way I thought it would go. Um, and again, they're two kind of average teams. Really, they were supposed to be great, even though they're seven and eight, ranked number seven and mm-hmm. ranked number eight. Um, but you know, it'll be interesting. I think the most interesting thing coming out of this now is Notre Dame uh, could pretty 
I mean, it's it's a high probability, in my opinion, but that they run the table at this point. And I have more to say on that. Yeah, later. like you said, like you said, and so the question is, if they do, you know, where do they end up in the playoff and things mm-hmm. like that? So uh, Notre Dame is looking very good uh, for the rest of the season. So uh, we'll see. I think that's the big story coming out of this. I guess the two things: Bryce Love being injured, mm-hmm. but then. Um, you know, the likelihood that Notre Dame goes undefeated. Sure. All right. Well, we'll keep our eye on it begrudgingly. Anyway, so then we had number four, Ohio State, a three and a half point favorite favorite playing at Penn State. Ohio State ends up winning this game 27 to 26. I was convinced uh, that this really had all the potential to get out of hand in favor of Ohio State, uh, despite playing in Happy Valley at Beaver Stadium and there being a whiteout. Uh, I, I guess I just had looked at Penn State, and Trace McSorley did not really look that good uh, during the, the four previous games the, in the first part of the season. And Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State's quarterback, really did look good. But uh, Trace McSorley actually looked yeah. pretty great in this game. He accounted for 175 rushing yards on his own and, and passed for something like 286. Uh, so Penn State... Uh, they did pretty well. They took an early lead, 13-0. Uh, one of those, uh, or the, the the touchdown that they scored, because I think it was two field goals and a touchdown, um, it was uh, a 93-yard pass, 85 yards run after the catch uh, by K.J. Hamler. And, <laughs> you know, it was, it was kind of funny because he was so much faster than the Ohio State players. But it, it reminded me of, like, like Cruz and USA or one of those like racing games where they have the nitrous and you're like, you're, you're kind of like even with your opponents and then you just hit the nitrous and then they just like fade away. That was kind of what this was. Um, and, and the Ohio state players just collapsed behind him. But um, Ohio state doesn't even get on the board in this game until almost at the half. Uh, and even after the half Penn state looked like the better team, but uh, finally, I don't know. It was like six minutes left and, and uh, in the fourth, and Penn State's up 26 to 14. Ohio State scores on their last two drives, uh, including after uh, Penn State made a, a questionable call um, really late in the game to turn it over to Ohio State. But uh, anyway, uh, Ohio State wins this game, and uh, I, I guess I guess they deserved it. I'm always upset when they win, but um, it was a good win, and it was a good game to watch. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I mean, I, I thought the same thing. I thought Ohio State would go in and win. I mean, Appalachian State went into Penn State and took them to overtime. Um, and maybe, you know, teams sometimes play up and down to their competition. There was a wide out and it was a good atmosphere. But, uh, yeah, before the game started, I thought Ohio State had the opportunity. I thought they were just going to run all over them. Once the game started, I thought, I don't know, Ohio State might lose by 40 the way that Penn State was playing, um, especially on defense. And then I, it was pretty shocking that Penn State lost the game, just with how, how the game went um, and how little Ohio State could move the ball or really do anything, except for in, you know, in spots, Trace McSorley played well, etc. Um, so, yeah, it was – I mean, if you're a Penn State fan, it had to be a devastating loss. Uh, this would have been a huge step for your program, huge step toward the Big Ten Championship, etc., uh, toward the college football playoff. Uh, now, I mean, I don't know. Can, can you kind of recover from that emotional loss? But hey, I, I was surprised by a couple of things. Uh, Ohio State's offense being completely shut down basically for the most of the first half was really interesting. Um, 
And the commentator said basically, look, if you can get if you can flush Haskins from the pocket, if you can get him, you know, rattled and get some pressure on him, he can't throw once he gets out of the pocket, and he's not a running quarterback. Um, and so you saw that play out. He would kind of he would have to move, you know, avoid the rush, and when he would throw, amazingly inaccurate, kind of shockingly so, like not even close at times. And he wasn't he's not much of a running quarterback. And so I, Ohio State to me. Even though they won this game, took se- like they dropped several notches in my mind. Um, you know, they're, I thought they would be one of the team, sort of team that could challenge an Alabama because of their prowess on both defense and offense. But uh, I mean, I think our defense could give Haskins trouble all day long. Um, and so I, that was very strange. On the other hand, although Penn State lost, I'm not sure that I really want to play Penn State and Trace McSorley. Um, right, because, I, I mean, mean, Trace McStorley is effective through the air, and he can run. I'm sorry, like a quarterback running for 175 yards, and that not being basically his exclusive production is kind of nutty. Yeah, well, and, um, and that's the sort of quarterback that Alabama generally has had problems with, and uh-huh. a guy that you're not really sure what to do because he's also pretty accurate with the football. He can throw well. Sure. Um, and so that, that kind of mobile quarterback who's also an accurate passer, Alabama struggled with, and uh, those sort of things, but uh, I mean, coming out of it, I would rather play Ohio State than Penn State, even though Ohio State won the game. So it, it was a it was kind of a weird game, um, and I was shocked uh, when they lost. The other thing that I kind of thought is the final play for Penn State was the most anticlimactic thing possible, and a terrible call by James Franklin. I mean, how how do you possibly not let Trace McSorley have his hands? The, the football in his hands on the last play. How, how do you hand it off? And maybe it was a run-pass option, Trace McSorley. I, I don't know. But it was kind of um, – it seemed rushed. Uh, communication seemed poor. And then they just hand the ball off the hand the ball off up the middle, and, of course, he gets tackled. And it's like – I mean, my thought is just give Trace McSorley the ball, let him roll out to the right or the left, wherever, and if there's an open wide receiver, he'll throw it to him. If there's not, he'll run for the first down. Uh, instead, they handed the ball off. <laughs> so so strange, and kind of like wow, that that happened, and now they're going to lose. So I don't know. Th- those were kind of the big takeaways for for me. One, just kind of the I think a terrible call at the end of the game, and then two, despite the fact that Ohio State won the game, I I would rather play Ohio State at this point than than Penn State because I think we could limit Haskins significantly. Well, it seems like a, a higher degree of likelihood after this win and Ohio State will probably also maybe run the table but we shall see next up let's talk number 20 number 20 BYU at number 11 Washington Washington expected to win by 17 and a half when we recorded the final score here was 35 to 7 Washington so BYU falls out of the rankings no surprise there I didn't watch this game did you uh no uh, All right. <laughs> I would Moving on. on. Like 1030 at night or something. <laughs> that East Coast bias working strong. <laughs> All right. Then we had number 12, West Virginia playing at Texas Tech. Uh, three and a half point favorites. I had predicted that the final score here would be 42 to 35 West Virginia. The final score was 42 to 34 West Virginia. I was well, you got it wrong. <laughs> so, I, I mean, so uh, Will Greer, Will Greer looked good, especially during the early part of the game. He 
scored 14 real quick. They were up 35 to 10 at the half, I think. And I, I assumed it was over. So I basically started watching the Clemson-Syracuse game exclusively uh, at the time when that score came on. And then I think that game ended. And all of a sudden I look and it's 35 to 27 and Tech is driving yeah. with like four and a half minutes left. And I'm like, do they have a chance to tie? And then seriously, like on the next play, pick six, uh, which kind of iced it for them. Um, but uh, I guess it was a good game. From what I saw, it was pretty interesting <laughs> there at that very moment. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, I, I mean, I think West Virginia just kind of took their foot off the pedal. They had to have just at least mentally kind of relaxed once they went sure. up big. But because it looked like, yeah, this is the team that Ole Miss beat, you know, mm-hmm. in Texas Tech, and now West Virginia will just run all over them. But kudos to Texas Tech for staying in it, keep fighting, and almost coming back and winning the game. All right. Then we had number 19, Oregon, field goal favorites, playing at Cal. Final score 42 24, Oregon. Again, another West Coast game I did not watch. Yeah, I didn't watch this either. Um, all right. Let's talk Syracuse at Clemson. Syracuse was unranked, playing number three Clemson. Clemson was over a three-touchdown favorite here. And really the only reason we previewed this last week was because last year Syracuse beat Clemson. Uh, There were some extenuating circumstances, of course, but we really only talked about it because of that. We didn't think it would be much of a game. Um, Although I did say I thought the score would be 28-20 to Clemson. And it was 27 to 23 Clemson. So that was pretty close too. But again, I got it wrong. So (laughs) similarly to last year, Syracuse injures Clemson's quarterback. So Trevor Lawrence injured in the second quarter with some sort of neck injury. Um, Just like, yeah, Syracuse injured Kelly Bryant last year. And Syracuse led for most of the first half. Eric Dungy looked good. Uh, Clemson D kept giving up big plays and, and Dungy kept extending drives. Uh, Clemson's punt returner was having like some major issues. Like the first three times he fielded the ball, uh, he, he would like not get a good grasp on it and he had to basically like fall down on it. And one time, like I think in the third quarter, it led to a turnover. Um, so as I said, we mentioned this game kind of as an afterthought. Uh, it didn't seem like it should be competitive. Uh, but, uh, Clemson didn't regain the lead in this game or or get the lead until like 41 seconds left uh, in like the third quarter. It, it was kind of crazy. Uh, and it, and, it, and that even that drive relied on like a fourth down conversion and some distance. Um, so I don't know. Did you watch this whole game? I didn't watch the whole game. Uh, I caught a little bit of it, but, <laughs> you know, I thought, on the weekend, I thought maybe Ohio State-Penn State was the best game of the weekend. Mm-hmm. But I thought this was probably the most impressive win of the weekend for Clemson, just given the circumstances. Sure. Now, I was surprised that it was close to begin with, because even before Trevor Lawrence went out, Clemson was down. And Syracuse mm-hmm. was, was um, playing well, and uh, it looked a lot like last year, which was surprising to me given that they were undefeated coming into the game, given that what had happened last year, all that stuff. But then for your quarterback to go down after earlier mm-hmm. in the week, your former starting quarterback sure. um, leaving the program, you're down to your third string, you're down in the game, 
to be able to come back and just find a way to win and for Travis Etienne to be able to do what he did, running for over 200 yards to really control Unreal. the game and, and come back, and he had three touchdowns. Um, pretty impressive to the point where I'm pretty sure at the end of the game, Clemson fans stormed the field. They rushed the field. I, so, okay, so I actually made a note about this because my first reaction was, that's classless. But then actually I, I remembered reading – that I think they do this for every home game. That's like, terrible. The enthusiasm might not always be there like it is during like a close game like this, uh, but I think they they rush a field uh, every time. So it's not classless. It's it's just stu- stupid, really. <laughs> it's my well, opinion. Well, I mean, it if they rush the field every time, it's that is dumb. Um, and something I didn't know. I learned something from the Western tourist. Um, but the they were clearly pretty excited to rush the field and i think it was because of the circumstances they felt you know last year the loss and this year looked like it was going to happen again but mm-hmm. they found a way to to win it and so yeah and syracuse is probably better than than what i thought they were and so this is a pretty quality win from from clemson and just finding a way to win i thought was pretty impressive yeah so it's actually too bad that Syracuse lost because I was prepared to give their quarterback the excellent nickname of Eric Crocodile Dungy. How awesome would that have been? But wow. now we'll never talk about them again. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so like I said, so Trevor Lawrence was injured. And just for a little like storyline, uh, as we mentioned last week, uh, and as we as Mark just mentioned, Clemson, just before this game, uh, had their their second string quarterback or who became their second string quarterback Kelly Bryant uh, announced he was transferring and didn't dress for this game and there were people all over the state like tweeting is he going to come back now uh, even Nikki Haley chimed in saying that she was hoping he was just going to like walk in I guess like a, a WWE like wrestler or something <laughs> but uh, my question to you was going to be do we think he comes back now but I just read just before we started recording that Trevor Lawrence is actually expected to play against Wake. So fortunately, the injury is not uh, too severe, and and he seems like he's going to be okay. So I guess Kelly Bryant doesn't come back. I'm interested to see where he goes. Yeah, and and I I think my guess is going to be that he wouldn't come back just Mm because it would be what a weird circumstance in locker room to kind of walk into. I agree. You one, you know that you're you wouldn't be the starter if this guy had not gotten hurt. You've already kind of bailed on the team. Uh, there'd be a lot of work to do, I think, um, to as far as just like playing as a unit and a team and trust and all that sure. stuff. So, I don't know. My guess is going to be that he wouldn't come back anyway. Not as like a you know screw you guys, I'm taking my ball and going home, but just like sure. Once you've made that decision, it's hard to walk back into that locker room. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I can see it that way. I can also see how maybe if. If they lost this game, maybe he couldn't have come back. If they won this game and Trevor Lawrence was going to be out for the rest of the season, I can see him maybe going back then because then the team kind of has the choice of rallying behind him uh, or, or not at the expense possibly of their season. Not that Chase Bryce did a bad job when he came in. Uh, frankly, he did as good as Trevor Lawrence was had been doing in the first half before he went out. Uh, but, you know, Kelly Bryant is more experienced and probably in, in higher pressure situations would probably perform better, just assuming. Uh, but I think that maybe he would have come back under those circumstances, but it, it doesn't seem like he's going to at this point. So, yeah. 
Um, all right. Uh, then just uh, the last few games to, to talk about. UAB was back again this week against Charlotte. They ended up winning 28-7 to uh, at home. So UAB notches another win at home over Charlotte, mar- marking their ninth consecutive home win, which is a, a school record. Also, the Blazers got five sacks in this game, which brings their season average to 3.75 per game, which is the fourth most in the FBS. So pretty happy about that. Uh, Alabama played Louisiana Lafayette uh, as a seven-touchdown favorite, as we mentioned. Final score here was 56-14 to 14 Alabama. So they were up by like 50 at the half, yada, 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 49, whatever. Uh, but – some important things that came out of this game is Jalen played. So he's committed for the year essentially. Uh, And I think this is a big deal for a kid who is the starter for two full years and could easily have transferred uh, out and and been the starter at any number of FBS programs. But uh, he accepts this backup role and commits to the team. I'm not sure I would have done the same thing, but I respect it and I'm happy about it. Uh, And I guess I'm looking forward to seeing where he does finally end up, but it won't be until next year. Um, Two last things. Alabama did not cover, and Mac Jones played for a full quarter. I was right on both counts again. Uh, I mean, uh, I, whatever. They allowed two touchdowns in. It's freaking stupid. You know, scored seven points in the second half. I don't understand that they should cover. It's dumb. I'm going to keep picking them to cover every game because they should. Um, we're we're going to talk about their matchup this week. And, and I'm going to find that number at which you would not pick them to cover, but we'll be <laughs> nice. there in a second. There you go. That, that'll be a good little game. Okay. Um, the – yeah, this game uh, was interesting. I mean, Tua was perfect. <laughs> eight for eight for 130 yards or something and a couple touchdowns. Um, Jalen looked good. And uh, Mac Jones actually ended up throwing a 94-yard touchdown pass. Um, and uh, Jalen Waddle, I think it is, and yep. it ends up with the second longest touchdown pass in Alabama football history. <laughs> it's pretty in amazing, quarter. really. So maybe he should be the starter. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he looks pretty good out there. The the longest one being AJ McCarron to Amari Cooper uh, against Auburn was actually I think that was a kick six game, which is sad. Um, but the yeah, so three different quarterbacks threw for touchdowns. I think every running back. Uh, had a carry on our team at yeah. some point, which is cool to watch those guys uh, be able to play and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, Jalen not redshirting, I think is it looked like that's where things were headed. And uh-huh. it talked about him last week. I talked about him staying and getting coaching. And one of the things I didn't mention that I think is pretty huge is Alabama has an offensive coordinator, but they also have a coach dedicated to quarterbacks they have a quarterback coach which is they sure. haven't they haven't had and so i think with Jalen not playing he's still getting a lot of attention from a very specific coach that can uh focus on him and how to develop him as a quarterback and i think that opportunity there uh to learn from a quarterback's coach that's really good and develop for a year before you go play somewhere else and transfer after that year, I think that's just a good opportunity. It seems like a wise decision, in my opinion, as far as football development for Jalen. Mm-hmm. You lose a year of eligibility, but I think he's probably going to develop more as a quarterback being a backup at Alabama than he would you know, doing what Kelly Bryant's doing right now, which is leave, and then, I don't know, what are you doing? Um, you're not 
playing with a team. You're not practicing. You're, you know, you're not doing all those things. You might be getting sure. training and things like that from a coach, but you're not actually playing football on a team with guys that you know and have been playing with for a while. And so it's, uh, I think that ended up being a wise decision for Jalen. It also keeps all the drama out of out of Alabama football, um, unlike right now with Clemson and all the conversation that's going on there. Sure. And, um, it provides depth and, and all those sort of things. He's going to get to play a significant amount of time. And so and be, maybe be able to showcase his development, which I think is what he's doing when he goes in. So that's kind of a cool story. Um, and, yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, I think it's Jalen Waddle is kind of who I'm really excited about in, in the future. Yeah. Guy's, so guy's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I agree. And actually, like, I was watching him, and I was like, he's pretty incredible. And I wonder if he was not basically playing on the same team as Tua, if he would be getting more talk about him uh, for things like the Heisman or just, I, I don't know. He, he's a freshman, right? Yeah, he's a freshman. Not, I mean, he wouldn't yeah. be getting talk about the Heisman or anything like that. But... Um, he would because I mean the other thing is he's going to get playing time at wide receiver a little bit but there's three guys in front of him that are also sure. really good um, so unless he can get on the field more on offense he's not going to get that kind of conversation plus wide receivers don't normally win that sort of thing but would he sure. be getting more national attention the you know the bigger question is would he be getting more national attention at a program that didn't have three true sophomore wide receivers who are awesome <laughs> and mm-hmm. a quarterback and Tua Pro- probably you know. Um, yeah. But I think people are starting to notice. It's hard not to notice when he's on the field. Every punt return feels like it could go for a touchdown. There was uh, this, and anytime he gets the ball in his hands as a wide receiver, he could take it to the house as he should. I mean, he had a punt return for a touchdown, and he had a ninety-four yard yeah. touchdown. So he's incredible. Yeah, there was this really amazing touchdown run that he had, where basically he was tackled at three different points during the run. Uh, by three different people, and he just shook off all of them. Like, they, they had a grip on him. Yeah. He shook off all of them and then made the touchdown still. It, he's, he's unbelievable, really. Yeah, he's uh, a lot of so. fun to watch. And Henry Ruggs third. I mean, I don't know if you his, – his touchdown pass from Jalen, he, he had three guys collide on him at the same time, basically, and just kept running. Unreal. Unreal. uh, It's an embarrassment of riches, really. Part of that's probably Louisiana Lafayette, but part of that's also, um, man, we got some weapons on offense. Unreal. Okay. Uh, Then Auburn played Southern Miss, I believe, at home. Final score, uh, of course it was at home. Uh, Final score here was 24 to 13. The only thing I know about this game, because I watched none of it, was that there was a significant weather delay of about like three hours or something right in the middle. Uh, I think you and I remarked that this could not have been a very interesting game, given Oof. how close it was yeah. and how how close it should not have been, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's probably pretty boring and terrible to watch, if you're, even if you're an Auburn fan. All right, boring and terrible to watch segues perfectly into our overreaction segment when we're going to talk about Nebraska and UCLA. Are they still bad? Uh, yeah, they're still terrible. Um, All right, let's move on to our week six preview. No, I'm just kidding. They are not, I don't know, still winless. And both of them are p- playing top-ranked teams this weekend, so they're likely to continue winless. And honestly, if if they got 
four wins at the end of the season between the two of them, I would be surprised. Oh yeah, I was gonna say you think one of these teams is gonna win four games? Oh no, I way. mean I, I I might have to I have to look back at it, but looking at I have to look at the schedule for Nebraska because I was looking at their schedule, I was like I don't know that they're gonna win a game except they, they play, play like, I think Bethune Cookman. Um, right, who they scheduled after I think their first game got canceled. Uh, so yeah, Bethune Cookman. Maybe that, maybe that that's who, we'll is that who they were supposed to open with, uh, and they rescheduled it for then. I don't know. Yeah, but I think so. That that might be their own, that could legitimately be their only win of the season. And yeah. uh, wow, I mean that's just it's really bad. UCLA, I don't know. Whatever, I don't really care about UCLA or Chico. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to preview some games? You better believe it. It's gonna be a whole day of team sports and beer. Get the old heart rate up. Maybe pound a cheeseburger in the sun. Throw some butter on it. You're going to love it. All right. Let's talk number 19, Texas, at number 7, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, 7.5 point favorite. Uh, Texas, it turns out, pretty decent this year. I guess they didn't need to fire Tom Herman after all. Uh, so uh, Yes, they do. <laughs> i got to stick to my guns. It's it will be really sad if Texas makes it to the end of the season and their only losses against Maryland. Honestly, how disappointed will those poor kids be that they're not making it into the playoff? But uh, they're likely to lose here. I think uh, Texas is kind of unlike a lot of the other Big Twelve teams that Oklahoma plays. I think they actually seem to play some defense, but. Uh, I don't think Oklahoma covers, but I think they win 38-34. Yeah, I think, I mean, Texas is such, uh, I still feel like I don't, I don't understand them. Um, that opening loss to Maryland still affects me. Um, I, I'm i definitely going Oklahoma. I think they win. I think they cover. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a final score is something like 38-21. All right. Then we have number five, LSU, playing at Florida, number 22-ranked Florida. Florida is a two-and-a-half-point home dog. Who do you have winning this one? Is LSU really ranked number five? Ranked number five. Unreal. But, yes, they are. I mean, I guess. So, yeah, there it is. Um, But they're still only a a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Florida. Right. (laughs) Oh man, college football. Um, that one. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna go with LSU. Florida. I mean, they've they beat Mississippi State or whatever, but it's not like they looked impressive. It was, I mean, that was just a tough game to watch. Uh, I think LSU will show up and play well, and they'll beat Florida. Sure. Um, and they'll cover. They'll win by a field goal, 24-21. All right, I have twenty-eight twenty on this one. LSU. Then we have number six ranked Notre Dame playing against number twenty four ranked Virginia Tech. Notre Dame's expected to win by about five at the time of this recording. Uh, I, as I said, I think with the win this past weekend over Stanford, it's exponentially increased the likelihood that Notre Dame will go undefeated. Uh, at most, they'll have one loss, uh, which makes them either a definite. Uh, playoff team or a, a bubble team uh, but i i have no faith in notre dame uh i i don't believe that they're actually any good and i'm not sure i ever will because my impression of them is still from that 2012 national title game that they can win all the games they want during the regular season when they actually play uh, 
a team with some merit at the end, they will just get embarrassed. So I might pick them to win the rest of their games this year, but I'm not picking them to cover the spread. So they have this line by like five. <laughs> I say they win by three. 31-28. I really hope they're favored by like, I uh, hope the line's half a point or something and you just have to like pick them to cover if you're going to pick them to win. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go, Notre Dame's going to win. I think they're going to win pretty big. Uh, you don't trust Notre Dame. I don't trust Virginia Tech. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's that's, a, that's a fair point. It's I think I'm gonna take Notre Dame to cover. Um, I just yeah, old Dominion. So uh, yeah, I'll take Notre Dame. I think they win pretty handily. Uh, something like what we saw against Stanford at thirty-eight seventeen. All righty, let's move on. We have listen, listen to this. Okay, yeah, I'm listening. Number thirteen. Teen ranked Kentucky <laughs> playing at what? at Texas A&M. Te- Texas A&M has the line by about a touchdown. Yeah, so this is number 13 Kentucky at unranked Texas A&M. Unranked A&M. <laughs> and A&M is favored by six and a half. Um, yeah, this is a strange year in college football. Uh, <laughs> now, you know, Texas A&M, they lost to Bama and Clemson, so, you know, whatever. Um then rank them. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I'm actually. I, I'm. I'm gonna go for it. I'm. I'm on the Wildcat bandwagon. Um, oh. I, I like. I like Benny Snell Junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the way they're playing. They're playing with confidence, and the. They're. I think they're gonna go into. To A and M and get the W. I don't think. Um, You're picking them outright. Oh yeah, I think they're gonna get the W. Okay. Do you have a, a final score there on that one? We'll go 27-24, Kentucky. All right. I am picking Texas A&M, 21-14. Let's talk Alabama at Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Number one ranked Alabama, (laughs) 35-point favorite. So they're a 35-point favorite. (laughs) At at Arkansas, I actually, you know what? Like, I picked out, like, Alabama not to cover the last few weeks. I think they cover this one. I'm yeah. sorry, Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think you have it in you. No. You've uh, lost to Colorado State and North Texas. You're terrible. Okay. So, I'm assuming you're going to pick Arkansas as well, or Alabama as well to cover this spread. But yes. Alabama since covers. I talked about it, since I talked about it, what is okay. what what would the line have to be for you to pick Arkansas with the points? I think, I think it'd have to be more like uh, 50 plus. Really? Yeah. I mean, Arkansas okay. is really bad. and I Do don't, you think they get on the board? Uh, I mean, eventually they will. If Louisiana Lafayette freaking got 14. <sighs> so Just as a caveat, though, I'm pretty sure we were playing our like third string defense or something at that point. Like, I it was I mean, I know certainly it was, not our like, first string offense. Yeah, I mean, I get that. So, still painful um they also ran for over 200 yards i think it's crazy um yeah i think it'd have to be probably in the 50s against anybody almost for me to say alabama doesn't cover who maybe unless right. it's against the lsu or auburn or something even against mississippi state whatever that line's going to be i'm taking alabama and, and they're going to cover all right so what do you have the score at um we'll go 56-3 bama all right I have 45-7 Alabama. All right. Then 
Auburn, number eighth ranked Auburn. See, these lines are really kooky. They're playing at Mississippi State. They are a three and a half point favorite. And the thing is, I, I don't know. I That line makes a lot of sense to me. I, I'm not sure how good Auburn is this year. Uh, it's interesting. You know, I said that game was probably really terrible to watch, and it probably was. But, you know, Auburn will probably suddenly one week be really good and only get better and then give Alabama a good game. That's the way it goes oh. every year. I don't undoubtedly. I, I don't think this game's going to be the one where they get better. I think playing at Mississippi State is going to be hard. Florida beat them uh, at their house, but you know, there's a whole Dan Mullen thing, all that stuff going on. Sure, with. So, he had the playbook after all. He wrote their playbook. So um, I'm going to go. Mississippi State wins this. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Then Auburn's just just I mean, playing basically thing. to neither, beat Alabama. Neither neither one of them have really shown me much. Mississippi State's playing at home. They mm-hmm. need a they need a big win. Auburn's just kind of been, I don't know, sleepwalking through the season. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick Mississippi State. I don't think it, I don't think it's a bad call. Uh, you know, right. at the same I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn wins. They happen to show up this week, but um, I'm not convinced that they are. All right. So what's your, what's your score? Uh, I'm gonna go. 24-23, Mississippi State. All right. Similar to mine. I have Auburn winning, though, 24-21. Mm. So not covering, but winning still. Then we have UAB playing at Louisiana Tech. Uh, Louisiana Tech has a line by about nine. UAB wins 100,046-2-3. Louisiana Tech gets a last-second field goal. I think Louisiana Tech gets a last-second safety. Um, Love b- it. Because UAB takes a knee at the end in the end zone. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just a courteous thing to do. Yeah. All right. Here's a couple and points, guys. As I said, Nebraska has Wisconsin. USA, UCLA has Washington. They both lose, undoubtedly. Uh, and the season just gets sadder and sadder for them. It would be uh, a lot like Wisconsin, though, just to not show up <laughs> and lose to Nebraska. I, be I, I'm pretty sure the line is closer than 23 and a half, which is what they gave up to BYU. So uh, who the heck even knows? Who, who even knows? Uh, that's all the games I have to preview. Do you have anything else? I think that's it. That's all I really want to talk about, except did you happen to see any of this uh, Hawaii game against San Jose State? I don't yeah. even know if it was on television. Did you did you see how it ended? No. Five overtimes. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. We got a text Five about overtimes. it. overtimes. Hawaii ended up winning with a field goal that uh, San Jose State could not match. I don't think it was on television, but unreal. I, I give a lot of credit to Hawaii this year. They seem to be doing pretty well. Um, they lost to Army, but I think other than that, they're they're undefeated. So, kudos. Uh, yeah, so I think that's our show for this week. But you can find us right back here next week. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you already found us. So I don't really know why I'm advertising to you. Um, but uh, please rate and review us wherever you do find us. It really helps with our ranking. So until next week, Mark, I will catch you later. See you later. Shirt out.